Hello there. Thank you for joining us again on The Basic and The Brain. For those of you who may have missed us the last few weeks, we're Alina and Maddie, aka The Basic and The Brain, and we're here to bring Botox and Bravo to the fucking table for your next dinner party. Yeah, I mean, think of it as us bringing basic bitch topics into the intellectual sphere. So grab yourself a glass of wine, or White Claw, or whatever hard seltzer, alcoholic drink of preference, (laughs) and join us for this week's episode. I have, Maddie, I, <laughs> I know. I am, uh, is, I are know. you fucking kidding me? I know. I, I know that this is like a very aggressive way to like start off the podcast for the week. Um, and you know, it's so funny is that watching this, I was like, oh, I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to talk about that. And then as you know, I had to, I had to just forward, um, I had to fast forward because I wasn't able to finish the whole episode, but I watched the scene in and just like that premiere where Carrie literally kills Big. I think that she should actually be like tried for murder because she just fucking stood there. Like, That's not even what like I got out of it. Oh, I'm so angry. I'm just like, you just stood there. He was alive. Like, so I tried to stay away from spoilers all day. Yeah. And then I happened to see on Instagram, of course, like, you know, how did Peloton react? And and I didn't know who they killed. I knew that someone died on a fucking Peloton. I didn't know who it was. And then um, I saw a little picture of Big on the Peloton. I was like, no. Anyway, I, I so then, you know, when they're, 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 uh, they're at the, the concert and stuff like, and you see Big is having a heart attack. I assumed that mm. he was dead when she finds him. The fact that he is alive and instead of calling... Like, we know Carrie sucks with her phone, but, like, instead of calling 911, you literally hold him, you watch him die, and then the line is, and just like that, Big Big died. died. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, let me walk you through my emotional state yesterday while watching this. You know, started it, was excited. Pierre had, like, watched a little snippet of Sex in the City 2 before we watched this, just to get us in the fucking mood. We go in and we're like stopping the show every once and again, kind of giving our, you know, our little basic bitch quickies, our little like top of mind (laughs) thoughts as it's going on. And there was one scene in particular for me where I was like, and mind you, I hadn't seen any spoilers yet. I was like, they're going to kill Big. And Pierre turns over to me, he was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And it was the scene where... He's literally like they have like this like sort of dreamy haze around him and he has like his screens behind him and he's talking to Karen. And he's like looking at her. She's like, what are you looking at? And this is before she goes to the recital. And I was like, in that moment, I was like, that is some directorial basic cliche shit. They're going to kill him off. And in my head, I was like, I hope to God that this is just me overreacting. And as the scene with the Peloton and the piano recital were going in parallel, I was like, no, they're going to kill him. They're going to kill him. And it was like, I was in denial about it though, even though I knew that like, this is the cliched way of like layering the scene to lead to something suspenseful. And then I saw the scene where she literally goes in, sees him on the floor and registers that something has happened. Yes, I, I was also of the mindset of like, what the fuck, Carrie, call 911. Hello. 
But then there's a part of me that's like kind of romanticizing it in the sense of like, he waited for his last breath so that he could say goodbye. No, no, and like absolutely he, not. He died in her arms and that like broke me. When I tell you, I was sitting on my couch sobbing, sobbing. And I will say in the next episode, which I know you haven't quite watched yet. And I haven't even finished this one yet, but. Um, there's, it's not much of a spoiler, but like Carrie literally, you know, um, Miranda comes to her and Carrie's like, I don't know what, what do I do now? And like, that was the part that broke Pierre. And I was just like, I can't do this. And Pierre was like, you know, well, at least you can still go back and watch the episodes, like previous episodes. I was like, I don't think after seeing that scene, knowing how it ends that I could ever go back and enjoy watching Sex in the City again. I love that you are really an eternal optimist and want to see the beauty in this. And I'm sure that Mm -hmm. that was the intention. Well, I also think that the intention was clear that they were like, eh, it's kind of boring. Carrie, you know, and big, they're together. They're happy, blah, blah, blah. They're living this unconventional, quote unquote, unconventional married life. And Mm -hmm. we need to spice things up. I'm, I am like, I am furious. Like literally I've never been like, hit record so fucking fast because okay so I feel like we need to like dissect the episode I'm Mm -hmm. almost like are we even going to get to the topic at hand today because I kind of feel like this is like an emergency episode like we have to talk about this and I haven't even seen the whole fucking episode but um okay I I am so I am so upset right now and I okay gather your thoughts that's in the beginning and what is this is like real time real uh, like Visceral reaction. Yeah, it's like visceral reaction. Okay. So my first thoughts about it were, (gasps) yes. First, I was like so excited. And, you know, they kind of use the original um, like opening credit song and I was like loving it. And then I was like, okay, I'm not sure how I'm going to feel about this. They were making a lot of like COVID related jokes. And I was like, Mm. are we trying a little bit too hard? Like Mm. sex in the city to me, like you don't have to be funny. Like you just don't, you can make Mm. a reference to COVID, but you don't have to like make the whole, like, I wish we could go back to when we had to be six feet apart. Like I don't want the voice, but anyway, (laughs) that was my reaction at first. How did you feel about that? So I feel like most of my, so yes, I felt like the COVID thing was a little bit like shoving down our throats to some degree of like making a big talking point since people would find it relatable. Um, so I'm literally sweating because my blood pressure is so high right now. So I'm going to take my sweater off. Give me oh, please, by all means. <laughs> like, literally also, also I am, I'm actually in New York at the moment and I'm sitting in like a New York city apartment and they like, I think they automatically put the heat on for everybody. So my understanding is that it's either like 150 degrees or it's like 12 degrees, um, which also made watching sex and city, like just being here. Like I was literally walking on the streets of New York, watching it on my phone and t- hopefully in time for this episode. And it kind of made it a little bit more special, but anyway, sorry. Okay. So but go back to how you're feeling. Which also is a little bit more heartbreaking too in and of itself. Um, So for me, what was really interesting was I wasn't really sure how, like what would be the parallels from the old show to this one? Because with a reboot, it's like, of course, the characters have aged. How are they going to make it relatable, especially for younger audiences that really loved the theme of like the single women in the city, hence the title Sex in the City. Um, I thought it was really interesting how they were bringing up like... I know people are probably going to shit on me for this, but like 
older women shit of like identity, ageism, how to adapt with like the new, um, mm. with like the new, the TikToks and the Instagrams. <laughs> um, but- oh, is that older woman shit? Because I'm definitely living in that moment of like, fuck. Like when you were like, Alina, we need to do TikToks. And I mm-hmm. tried so hard and I was like, <laughs> I, I, I physically, like my body will not allow me to do a TikTok viral trend. And if that means that like the young people, the TikTokers are never going to listen to this podcast, like I just don't know if that matters enough to me. So I don't know if it's old people shit or, or maybe we're just old, sorry. But. but like, I also think it was just interesting to see like how they were bringing up matters that related to typically women of that age group, right? And yeah. I thought what was, I mean, even though the death was heartbreaking and I think I told you on text that I was sobbing as yeah. if someone in my family died because I feel like we've been so invested in this couple for years. I and know. It's something that we've loved for years and to see a main character. Also the fruition of like however many seasons of Sex in the City and to see it end like that destroyed me. But I understand why they did it because it's like, okay, they're older now. We have to talk about things that relate to their age group. But at the same time, we have to bring a parallel to what brought people to love Sex in the City to begin with, which was about the single life, the dating, literally sex in the city, right? And so how could they do that? They couldn't play on the trope of Big and Carrie breaking up again, right? It, it, it's already been played out. Why? Already- I would have been okay with that, though. It would have been like too much of a cliche. They had to go big or go home. And the more I reflect on it, I'm like, okay, this makes sense given like the age group. I know, I know, I know, but I know. But the fact that they they released two episodes yesterday tells me that they fucking knew that people were going to be fucking pissed with them ending it on that note, that they had to release a secondary episode to go along with it. And I also love that you're chugging wine right now. (laughs) Like, so, okay, going into it, having seen a spoiler, which I'm so mad about. Cause by the way, last night I was like, Mark, I have to watch this show. Mm. And the fucking, I don't know, some stupid football game was on some, sorry, some stupid football game was on last night. And he was like, Oh, it's actually a good game. I'm not watching that shit. Blah, 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 blah. And now like, I'm kind of like, I don't know if I'm happy that I saw a spoiler or that if I'm mad that I saw a spoiler, because I think I would have had like, I don't know if I would have been able to pick myself up off the floor if I didn't see it. Mm. Um, but at the same time, I like wish I had experienced it without knowing what was going, what was going to happen. I don't know. Like mm. I, I'm, I'm up two minds. Um, but okay. So before, before we kind of get to the, that part of it, that, you know, the part that will not be named until mm. we talk about it. Yeah. So I, I agree. And of course you managed to like, think about it from a rational perspective. Why did the story writers do, or why did the the screenwriters do this? And I'm just like, no, I hate it. Um, I thought that Charlotte going in on Miranda about her hair was a little bit like, really, Charlotte? Like, come on. And Mm -hmm. that was a little bit like, "Mm, a little trying too hard. I thought the COVID jokes were also trying Mm -hmm. a little bit too hard for me. Um, But how did you feel about how they wrote Samantha out of the show? It's, okay, did you ever watch Full House growing up? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then did you watch Fuller House? No. Like, okay, so I watched like four episodes. I was like, oh my God, I got to watch this, blah, blah, blah. And basically, I think like famously, the Olsen twins were like, mm-hmm. we're never doing this again. Like we got famous off the show, but now we're fucking gajillionaires and we don't need this. So we'll, we'll never, ever, ever do a reunion or anything, whatever. 
And they literally made it so, like, it was pointed. And and it's a different kind of show, right? But Mm. they would be like, where's Michelle? We miss her so much. And then they would, like, look at the camera. Or they would be like, she's too busy at New York Fashion Week. And, like, look at the camera. And it was, like, very clear, like, breaking the fourth wall. Like, like, we're looking at you, Mary-Kate and Ashley. Um, And... I I felt like I could kind of see where they were. I I mm. interpret it as they were almost like begging Kim Cattrall to come back and be like, "That's hey, why like, they killed big too to make it like a big moment that Kim would be like, oh, I have to come back now.' Ooh, who would I sacrifice? Who would I sacrifice? I love big. I love big so I much. I think that like. And like I, I always wanted like a big situation in my not like the whole like heartbreak and shit, but like I wanted like big in my life. And then mm. you know, Mark is not an asshole, so you know, <laughs> not my life. But I just love, I don't know, I I I love him as a character. And I think that yeah. that relationship was like sometimes you just gotta go through it. And I love that she like you know, they were so true to like who they are, like we don't want kids, we blah blah blah, this and that. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was a really cool storyline for a relationship i mean obviously samantha i'm trying to imagine like how would samantha react to this would she be like ah he fucked with you you know karma um no i don't actually think that's what would oh, happen well you saying, need like, to watch the second episode okay well oh i'm assuming that they like text her and are like big died you need to come and she doesn't respond is no. my assumption no i mean do you want me to tell you it's like not major yeah. big or anything okay fine so basically, as uh, sends her flowers to the funeral, and oh. like, and then okay. yeah. So it's like it's more of like a symbol of peace, kind of thing, more so than anything. Oh, they're really trying to pull her back in. Yeah, yeah, they're really okay. trying. Like they're sucking Kim's stick. Like, like they're literally like Kim. We have given you an in. Like we yeah. have sent an olive branch on your fucking behalf. Mm-hmm. Take it. We'll pay you whatever. We got rid of Chris Noth. We don't have that bill anymore. We can put that towards your salary. Got mm-hmm. it. Okay. Um, yeah. So, okay. Yeah. I mean, whatever. I knew it was coming. So I was like, eh, it is what it is. But that whole scene where like Carrie and Miranda are walking and they are, oh, I thought we'd be friends forever. She feels dead, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. I was like, okay. Like it, I thought that that was like, a direct message to her and I hope at this point she comes back I feel like there were lots of moments that were ex- like really blatant and yes. at times hokey and at first mm-hmm. it was kind of a struggle for me to get through the beginning of the first episode I'm not gonna lie because I felt like some things were too heavy-handed and it uh, wasn't, yeah yeah and it wasn't until yeah, I got yeah. mid-episode that I was like oh, okay it's starting to feel a little bit more natural it was like so intentional and so like almost overwritten, overproduced, yeah. overengineered, where it's like, okay, we have to be so fucking relevant mm-hmm. that it's like you're annoying. Mm-hmm. Um the whole and then the whole Miranda, like I you know how I, I, I hate corporate jargon, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, like leaning into her, oh, I left my corporate job that I love so fucking much to mm-hmm. go and be a um, or like to go back to school to get a second or second master's to complement my uh, my law degree, whatever it was. But and then that whole scene, mm-hmm. oh my God, I almost died. What's really interesting is that like they know that the older shows are not politically correct for like current times. And I feel like they're trying to course correct, but course correct too hard. 
You know what I mean? Yes. Where it just like feels like it's yeah. not natural to the storyline and it Agreed. feels not organic in any way, shape or form. And what really pissed me off, and we've talked about this previously, how I hate that Hollywood now feels like they can just like plug and play with like black yes. and minority characters. 100%. And I'm like, can we just accept them for, you know, who they are as an actor and bring them in and talk about mm-hmm. like black experience and mm-hmm. stuff like that in a more natural way. But during the recital, yeah. what pissed me off, I think it was... Um, TLW. Or LTW, Lisa something. Yeah, so LTW, but like, I can't remember who it was from the cast that basically was like, ooh, um, the Italian one. What's his name? Oh my God. Anthony? Yes. Is it Anthony? Yes, I think so. It's Anthony. Stanford's husband. Exactly. He basically is like, ooh, Black Samantha. And I was like, that is like dumb. I was like, why would you do that? Oh, I didn't see that. Basically, once again, it's the whole plug and play bullshit that I feel like Hollywood is like, where it's like, why can't she be her own character? Why would you say that? Like, I felt that was a really dumb writing decision. So I didn't see that, but I agree with that wholeheartedly. And I feel like Hollywood, I don't know, this is going to be controversial, but I'm going to say it. Like, I just feel like we, yes, like Hollywood is trying so hard to meet the expectations or like to check a box. Mm-hmm. And and for me, like to your point, it's like let the characters just be the characters. Like, mm-hmm. why does it have to be that you have a like Latina lesbian or I'm sorry, I don't I don't remember what she identifies as in the movie, but like I, I was just like it's 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 like we have to hit every single checkbox to say that we met the checkbox. And yeah. to your point, like it doesn't happen in an organic like, hey, why can't a lesbian? be a fucking member of the group and act like a normal human being. No, instead she has to be the one that's like pushing Carrie. Say, what does she say? Um, Get your pussy in order or something like that. Or- no, something like that. Like, wh- like why can't the lesbian, why do they have to play into that character and that trope? And why mm-hmm. can't they just be like, Hey, like, I am a person that you go to lunch with that happens to, yeah. you know, like, you know, I don't mm-hmm. know. It, it, yes. I felt like it was, it's trying a little bit hard and but I don't know, also, I'm not in the industry, but. I yeah. also think it's like, it's taking away from these people's like actual stories and experiences because exactly. it's, because it's like, you're going in too hard. And once again, when you have a character like LTW, who is black, who's being introduced and you introduce her as black Samantha, you're then going to have this like white character model that people have loved and adored. And you're going to have people comparing her character with that character. That yeah. isn't fair first yeah. off to the success of her character. And secondly, it just, it makes it really hard for her to come in and bring her authentic experiences. I think as a black woman or a minority um, and same thing with the other character that you mentioned, I think she, or sorry, I actually don't know pronouns, the appropriate pronouns for the character, but I believe it's non-binary queer. I, I, I don't know. They don't like identify with either gender. Yes. Um, oh my God. I need to tell. Oh. <laughs> okay. Sorry about that. Wait. Okay. So for <laughs> all of our listeners, I literally just had to excuse myself to get a towel to sit on because it's about 150 degrees uh, <laughs> in New York in the freezing cold. And literally like, I didn't know my ass was so big. I'm kind of happy about that picture. It's, I feel like we should, we'll, we'll, we'll follow up with an Instagram story or something just to kind of prove. <laughs> yep. Oh, I, I'm actually like dying of the heat right now, uh, which is ironic because it's winter in New York, but 
Sorry about that. Okay. So yes. Yeah. So, okay. Sorry. You said non-binary queer. Yeah. I think, I mean, I'm not hundred percent sure, but like, yeah, she basically, because the whole point of the podcast was that they had the cis hetero male perspective and then the cis female hetero perspective. And then they were supposed to be non-binary queer on the spectrum. And representing everyone, which I was like, I'm not sure how I feel about that. I think that's a very, very, very broad statement to make. Um, But yeah, I just, I'm not a a huge fan of the plug and play model. I think these things should come up more organically. And I just feel like they are, they're doing it in a way that it's, it's not organic. And it feels very much to your point of like checking a box, which just defeats really the purpose of including more diverse characters. 100%. 100%. I mean, we could go on about this all day long. Yeah. Um, but we, we, no, I agree. And I felt like in general, the, yeah, there was a little bit too much of the like, okay, got to be funny. Got to mention COVID. Got to mention quarantine. Got to mention this. Got to mention that. Got to bring in some, you know, again, diversity. But when you do it in a way that's like not authentic, mm-hmm. I was like, mm, come on, we, we could have done a little bit better. Um, okay. So the next thing, um, the podcast, (laughs) Mm -hmm. first of all, I was real jealous. I was just like, bitch, that studio. (laughs) Right. I was like, God damn. I am sweating to the point now. (laughs) I am literally physically dripping sweat right now. Um, I I was like, Oh, that is so nice. But you know what else I wanted to bring up is that I feel like I'm the carrier. I was like, Oh my God. I'm like, awkward. They're talking about sex. I'm like, what's anything you're like, what's doggy? I'm like, Oh, missionary. Yeah. Like when they brought it up and they were like, so have you masturbated? And I could see myself literally like being like, um, like plead the fit. And I got it. And I, and I appreciated that because I was like, Oh, this is really personally. I thought that was really relatable. Yeah. And I also, what I loved about it too, is that, um, it kind of talks it brings up the theme around like adaptability too, as like the character herself is aging. Like you got to get with the modern times. There's like more openness now, right? Like being a little bit on the conservative side isn't necessarily like, I don't want to say like appropriate because that's not appropriate, but like things are opening up more, you know? And so to see her kind of having to realize that like, wait, I went from a written medium and like was able to explore things in a more conservative-ish way to now having to like adapt myself to this like new market. First off, it's spoken. I have to be like on point, like during a set period of recording time. And on top of that, like I have to like be outside of my comfort zone of what I'm used to. Like it was just, it was kind of interesting to see that too. Yeah, no, no, for sure. For sure. And I guess like, I don't know, maybe because we're doing this, I feel like some of it applied to me where I was like, okay, like just like Mm -hmm. do it, say it, stop talking around the topic, Mm -hmm. just fucking go for it. And like, you know, I feel like so much of it is about if you want to, if you're going to put yourself out there, you got to put yourself out there. And if you aren't comfortable doing that, then maybe you shouldn't be putting yourself out there or, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, you maybe aren't going to be as successful as, as you wanted to or hope to. So anyway, I appreciated that little shout. Um, but it was weird how she was like, Oh, it's like jury duty. It's like, didn't you sign up for this? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, Oh, do you really get a bitch? Maybe, maybe not. Um, okay. So almost to the end, again, I skipped a whole bunch of shit in the middle. TBD, we'll come back to it. I feel like we should definitely do like a segment on this every, every week. Um, 
the Oscar de la Renta dresses. And I, again, I didn't see the whole dynamic between Lily and Rose. I'm assuming that Rose is like the favorite, but she's also like the rebel. And so Lily is a little bit resentful, but like, I'm sorry, that dress is amazing. Number one, number two, I want an Oscar de la Renta dress for my piano recital, but also Lily's great at the piano. (laughs) And of course the little Chinese girl is great at the piano. Is this, like, is this your inner Chinese girl that's like speaking right now? Like the part of you that's Chinese that's like, hmm, yep, I see that. Well, it's an expectation for sure. But like, I, you know, I grew up and my mom was a music, music teacher. And so she was my teacher. And so I didn't take shit seriously and mm. gave up the piano because she like annoyed me one day. And I was like, okay, done. I'm never going to touch a musical instrument anymore. And she still cries about it. But my, my mom was not the tiger mom. So interestingly enough, but yeah. What do you think about the dress, about that dynamic, about the fact that Lily is a little prodigy? Yeah. I mean, I am kind of curious as to how the dynamic is going to open up more as the storyline goes on between the sisters, because already you can kind of see that Charlotte is struggling with the difference in personalities where Lily is more, you know, listens to her. Like is the the prodigy, right? The perfect child in a sense. And then you're the Asian child, Maddie. She's the Asian child. No, I'm serious. Well, there's lots of like other races too. Like I had to play the perfect child, right? Like with my dynamic with like my family and the four kids that my dad had. Um but I, I understand where you're going with this. Yeah. Um but that that is a hundred percent like a trope. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because it's like all of the other tropes that you guys are not wanting to, like you guys are pushing away from, but you guys kept that trope. The writers did. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. That's weird. You know what I mean? Like that's fucking weird. So I was like, wait, I don't think that, but okay, yeah. No, no, I agree. I thought it was really interesting how I was like, oh, you guys are playing into that a lot. Yeah, it's a bit much. And I, I also almost thought like, okay, like she's adopted. What if they... I don't know. What if they made it, you know, like it was a little bit difficult for her to acclimate and then she has like a biological or a sister that's actually biologically her parents. And I think that that would be an interesting thing to explore. Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what the relationship between, like I said, I really want to see the breakdown that Charlotte has due to the differences in her children and coming to sort of the end conclusion that like she can't really control them, right? Like they're going to develop how they develop. I think Charlotte's struggling with that hardcore since it seems that, um, Rose is very much a rebel and like, not like her mom in any way, shape or form, like at all. And we all know Charlotte to be like the perfect little miss thing. Like me. Also, by the way, there's a lot of police activity going on outside. So I'm really sorry if you all hear sirens. Oh, I don't hear anything. Okay. Okay. Great. Cause I'm like, what is going on? I literally see just lots of police activity and hear sirens. Um, Okay. So yes, but then I feel like Lily is also going to be resentful of Rose. Potentially. Because I, 100%, right? Because it's clear that Charlotte wants her love so badly. Like she bought her a matching dress for her, for her recital, blah, blah, blah. And then Lily was like, what's your definition of pretty or whatever? Like stupid little bitch. Um, that's like a dumb rich girl thing. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I feel very strongly about this. And I've only seen 30 seconds of the Lily as in a, a teenager. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean... Lily loved her dress. I think it was Rose that didn't like her dress. Oh, sorry, sorry. I meant Rose didn't like it. Yeah, like yeah. turned her nose up at it. And again, like you fucking bratty ass 12-year-old, you have a damn Oscar de la Renta dress that your mom picked out for you. Yeah, but I wonder Smile if, and say thank you. I wonder if they're going, they're trying to like fight against like the 
I think way they did it is because they wanted Charlotte to struggle. They wanted to give her more depth as a character, I think, in this. Well, she also struggles in the movie. Remember when they're like making cookies and she's wearing that like beautiful vintage white skirt. But that was like mom struggle. I think this is more like, yes, they did have her struggle about that, about like, holy shit, I'm a mom to like two young kids and I'm struggling to like keep it together. But I think now it's like Charlotte as her part of her identity has always been to be like the pretty put together, like high end society girl. And now she has a daughter who, one who like listens to her and then the other who just like could not give a shit um, about it. So having to struggle potentially with her own identity, which will be interesting. Okay. That's a good point. Again, you always bring that point where I like see things for like face value (laughs) and I'm literally like ratty little girl. Good. Don't get me wrong. There was a part of me that was like, at one point I was like, just wear the fucking dress. It's not that big of a deal. But then again, I guess it's like my own trauma as a kid where it's like, we had to do what our parents said, unless like we don't see the back of their hand. You know what I mean? Like, speaking to my own experiences but like that's probably why for us it's like not a big deal just wear the fucking dress right um but I guess no well I definitely did not have the wear this or else oh you didn't oh I don't know my mom put me in Chinese classes when I was like three and then I was like I don't want to learn this language I'm not going and she was like please go and I I was like no and She took me out of Chinese classes. And now as a 32-year-old, I'm like, what the fuck? I could have been ruling the damn world if I spoke Chinese, but here we are. Oh my God, that is so funny. I had no idea. Um, That is interesting. Okay. Very different, like, I think, experience to that point. But, all right, we'll we'll continue to see how it goes. I'm convinced Carrie's responsible for Big's death. I'm pissed about it. She should have fucking called 911 at the very least. Like, come on, do something about it. Push a panic button. Like, come on, if this whole thing is about your aging out. How would he, like, the thing is, like, I think they did it partially because they just didn't want to deal with the complexities of the scene, yes. like waiting for the police to get there, waiting for the ambulance to get there, waiting for help. I mean, how long does an ambulance usually take to get through the streets of New York? But he didn't even try. He didn't I even try to save your husband. <laughs> well, like, they Mark, cut it real quick. It, maybe they did. Maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. No, they you didn't. Don't know. <laughs> but like, maybe, I know. She got it for a solid five minutes watching him die. An ambulance may not have been able to do anything. I would have felt better if, like, the scene was her being like, holy shit, he's having a heart attack. Something's gone wrong. Call 911 with him cradled in your arm. But I think, I think that's reasonable. Did it because of the fact that they wanted it to be more of an emotional no. setting versus being logistical, right? Of, like... But... Like, they yes, wanted it to that. see, like, the end of the romance between Carrie and Big. So it had I to be a that. big moment. No, I totally get it. But I think that they could have made it a big moment while also at least making it look like she tried. Fair. Fair. Just saying. Okay. TBD. I think that we need to do additional reviews of every episode because this is clearly a thing. Yeah. Um, It's going to be a big one. This is, we've been waiting for this for a while and we really came out with a bang this season. I will, I will say. I'm going to watch. I'm struggling, but I'm going to watch. I'm just very angry. Carrie, 911, not that hard to remember. Come on. Like also, (laughs) sorry. (laughs) I'm not laughing because Big died. I'm laughing because... There have been so many, there have been a number of instances or cases where Mark is like, Alina called an ambulance. 
<laughs> Wait, seriously? <laughs> We're just so sorry. Mark is like right there. So I'm like, okay. So there have been cases where Mark is like not feeling well. And like one time he did pass out. Oh my God. Yeah. Cause he had like, he had a flu or stomach flu or something. And so I knew he wasn't feeling well. And then he like kind of fainted in the bathroom. He's like, call an ambulance. And I was like, an ambulance? What about an Uber? And it was a whole thing. And so here I am like just yelling about Carrie and I'm like, fuck, am I Carrie? Shit. Would I have actually reacted like that? And now I feel really guilty and it's a whole thing. And now Mark heard this and he's going to hear this again. And now he has yeah. it on record. And now I'm never going to live it down is where I'm going with that. Sorry, but I was just giggling because I, li- I literally, what? I'm crucifying Carrie and I'm like, motherfucker. I mean, yeah. Now that I think about it too, I, I guess a good point to mention is like, imagine the emo- like the level of emotional distraught that she probably experienced seeing him in that state. Like the shock that could set in emotionally where like your brain, you know, like fight or flight and fawn, like the responses, the stress responses in the body. It could be that she just, her brain just was discombobulated and she didn't, some people do well in stressful situations and some don't. Sure. (laughs) Then I think that we need to all implement some kind of like how to react if someone's having a heart attack or needs your help in Mm -hmm. like school. Mm-hmm. I agree. Because I believe whether or not the writers wanted this to happen, Big could have survived that. Yeah, but they That's all I'm saying. I, yeah. No, they I didn't mean, want him to, and I get They didn't that. want him to, yeah. Obviously, if they wanted him to, they would have made him survive. Oh, God. Oh, okay. Anyway, lots of emotions. I'm feeling a lot of ways. Um, so. I really wish you could have seen me cry last night. Like, it was shocking Pierre was like are you okay like what do I do like you were sobbing on this couch and I kid you not I cried all throughout the second episode while I was watching the second episode too (laughs) and I like woke up this morning and I was like I'm still grieving over big and like even as Pierre's been like coming out to do his stuff or whatever during the workday I was like I'm still grieving over big he's like it's it's gonna be okay and I was like but it's not okay All right. Just to go back to that, do you think that, okay, one of the things that I wanted to bring up is that I felt like Big, his character changed a little bit more than everybody else. So I felt like everyone else kind of fell back into it. But I think Big used to be this kind of like mysterious, kind of like, like, I let Carrie be independent, blah, 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 blah. And, but he's always been into, you know, like the big band and the records and, you know, he was like older and so on and so forth. But I, I felt like when I watched the episode when, or the the scene where she gets home mm-hmm. from recording the podcast and he's like in the kitchen and that was obviously very much um, kind of looking back to some of the episodes where they would cook together in his apartment, right? Mm-hmm. I felt like he was like turning it on a lot and I was like, oh, suddenly Big is... I felt like his character shifted a little bit more than everybody else's, if, if that makes sense. Like he, he wanted to be like a bigger force on the screen, whereas I feel like in the past, he was a little bit more kind of low-key in the background. Not in the background, but like he's a little bit more low-key, whereas this, he was like singing and dancing and like making a whole big fucking thing about it, right? Did you feel that way? I felt that way for sure. Um, 
I wouldn't say that I felt that way. I felt like because he was on screen for such a short period of time, they may have been trying to pile in a lot of aspects of his identity that we saw in Sex in the City into like a few scenes because he wasn't in a lot of scenes in the first episode. No, I know. So they fucked with us. They were like, Big is back. It's great. Yeah. We spotted him on set. Oh, for four minutes total. Exactly. Remember when what she said? Yeah. Remember when I thought that they were going to get a divorce? I like wish that they did that. <laughs> I wish that he would, she would have like caught him in bed with someone else. Like Natasha or something. Yes. I think that would have been a really good. But I guess it would have been too hokey. I think they're going a little bit darker. How do I feel about that? I mean, clearly I'm fucking distraught about it. But then again, how many, like, look at the level of publicity that the show has gotten over the fact that Big died. Like, this is probably the biggest shocker in cinematic history. Well, yeah, to that point, they, like, crashed Peloton stock. Which, you know me, right? Guys, like, I made one stock purchase, and I'm a fucking trader. I'm a day trader now. Um, haven't touched it. it. I don't think it's doing very well. But anyway, um, like, <laughs> I so I saw that. I think it was down 11% the last I checked or something like that, which... And my reaction was, how fucking dumb are we as a society that we let a show dictate a stock price of an actual company? Oh my God, it's so funny. It's so funny. Is it funny or is it alarming? Like, I think it's alarming that we're like, um, oh my God, Big died because he was on a fucking Peloton and they were doing a sprint at the last minute. And you know what I thought? Maybe he didn't do the cool down. Maybe he didn't bring his heart rate down. Why did he suddenly have a heart attack? I was just, I'm just saying they take care of that shit and it's your fault. If you don't fucking do the final stretch, you don't do what they're supposed to do. Yeah. I think kind of similar to like how the Omicron variant crashed the stock for a little bit. Cause there was like this whole thing of like uncertainty. Nobody knew what the variant was going to do. So I think stock market or stock market, a stock. No, stock market as a whole. So I feel like people are rather sensitive to news. And I think it's also because a lot of our um, financial system is like automated now. You know, like you have like the automated trading bots. So it's like if people are hearing that like, you know, Peloton caused the death of someone, like I could just imagine that the automated software would start like potentially selling or some people start selling. And then the automated softwares would probably start selling more and more and more. So that's probably what's happening. I think it's going to go back up after like a week or so. Um, But I just find it funny that Peloton had to suffer (laughs) because we're all fucking angry that like one of our beloved characters had to fucking die. (laughs) So I, again, I didn't get a chance to read the article, but I saw that they, obviously they reached out to Peloton to be like, Hey, can we use your name and bike in the show? So they were like, Oh, yay. All I'm going to say is somebody at Peloton, their head, their head rolled today because they, I guess, didn't ask the question of sure. How are you going to like represent us? Our brand. And uh, can you can you imagine if you were that person who give the A-OK? Like, <laughs> like who who even does that? Is it like who got fired oh, today? What? I'm gonna check inst- uh, not Instagram. Um, I'm gonna check LinkedIn tomorrow and see like who stepped down or who left or who whatever. I, but who would would that be legal? Would that be it would probably be partnerships. Someone with them like ships. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, I think home. 
Um, like their business development team, probably, because they're the ones who are doing these types of deals, I would assume. Or their PR team, maybe. It could be the PR team. PR? Marketing? No. But just can you imagine being reached out to from Sex in the City, whoever their partnerships team is, and they're like, hey, can we use your brand and your name and your bike in the show? And you're like, hell yeah, we'll give you fucking 50 of them. Put them in the green rooms, put them in the dressing rooms and the trailers, right? To, to then have it have this kind of impact. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. I get nervous when I like forget to put a period in any, not literally, but you yeah. know what I'm saying? For like a lot less writing why... on the shit I do on a day-to-day basis. Like, oh my God. Yep. I actually forgot about that whole thing. Like how much do you want to bet that like someone in Peloton, like originally when this happened, like it probably became like a big announcement internally. They had like an all hand celebrating that like, look, oh my God, like we're going to get a shout out in Sex and City, just you wait. And on December 8th, there was maybe an email that went out internally, like, check it out. Don't forget, we're going to be there. And then December 9th, like. I'm getting like such a big laugh out of it because I can see like sort of like the the turn of events, <laughs> the series of events that happened in my head. It must have been someone woke up today and I feel so sorry for that. I really feel so sorry for that person because I think it was so innocent. Yeah. Okay. So let me ask you, do you think that that would, that that should have been like someone from Sex and the City should have disclosed that? Should they have said, hey, look, like we want to use it um, and it's, I, no, not legally. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about legally because I know legally they obviously didn't have to do it. Mm-hmm. And legally it was on the person at Peloton to be like, cool, sure. What's the context here? Do you, like, I guess what I'm asking is, do you think that there was a little bit of um, an agenda that? Mm, no, I don't think there was an agenda. I do think that Peloton was the one who fucked up here because they didn't get the appropriate context. But I also think, there's a part of me that feels like what context could they have provided? Cause I felt like Warner bros was very tight lipped about all of this. Like, what do you mean? We're going to kill somebody. Yeah. They're, they're not or, gonna be able to say anything. Even no, with an but, NDA, I feel like that's something that they would not share. But, but maybe they wouldn't say we're going to kill somebody, but maybe like, Hey, we do want to be transparent that the nah, fuck it. It's up to Peloton to ask those questions. Oh my God. I think that you're so cutthroat. Like I conspiracy time. Um, no, I, oh my God, the SEC needs to look into this. What if somebody did that intentionally to fucking sink Peloton? They could have done any bike. They didn't have to actually it. call out a bike. They didn't have to call out Peloton. They could have just had a fucking cheap yeah, ass but bike in like their closet. It's because Peloton is like relatable to our generation right now. Cause it's like the it thing, you know, from yes, a but it's, standpoint. But, but also, I do feel like that's a little bit irresponsible knowing how, again, we as a society are so fucking dumb that we would let a show storyline yeah. impact But I don't economy. think they expected... The whole economy, I don't think they expected that people's response would be that the Peloton killed Big. I think the response should have been, oh, Big had a heart attack. Because here's the thing. You just need to tie the pieces. When Remember when like Big had a heart attack or heart condition before in Sex and the City? There's like this whole episode and Carrie was like distraught. Oh, and he was yeah. Awesome. She comes up in the candy striper outfit. Exactly. Like, about that. Fine. Exactly. Fine. But still, I feel like they didn't need to be like, oh, I'm going to be at home with my Peloton instructor, my Peloton instructor, whatever her name is. It could have just been like a situation gone wrong, like a scene gone wrong where like the masses just took it and flipped the script. 
Sure. I get that. But I do think that like there, you could have been a little bit more responsible about that, whoever you are. When I was watching it, I in no way, shape or form thought that Peloton was involved in Big's death, like at all. It wasn't until today, this morning, when I went through everything, I was like, what the fuck? How did people make that connection between the Peloton bike? Okay, fine. So I went into it with a bias because I knew that Peloton stock was down. Mm-hmm. So that's probably what I anchored on. But I did notice that like in the beginning when she's like, all right, do you want to come with me to the, um, mm-hmm. to the show or whatever? And he's like, mm. and she's like, well, what are you going to do? And he's like, I'll be at home with my Peloton instructor. I just felt like they, they really kind of like, they did index on the fact that it was specifically Peloton. Yeah. But I also and- think it's because they're trying to modernize. Like you notice the whole no, episode is them being more modern. Yeah. I agree. I agree. But I still am like, Somebody could have seen this coming because again, we as a race, like as a human race are like fucking stupid and we make that connection and correlation. And then we go and we sink a fucking stock and then God knows. I mean, look, if Peloton is, is crashing, I don't know. Um, I also feel like, from this, like I know, like, you know, what I mean? but like, look at Corona, Corona beer was mm-hmm. impacted because of the coronavirus. And it's not actually what it's even called. So that's true. Again, I feel like this could have been something that somebody could have noticed, but whatever. Um, I feel like give it a week. Upset your morning. There's a lot going on. I do want to call out Carrie's hair. Why? Why That opening scene, her hair. Oh my God. Like my, I have a new goal in life. My new goal is to like be successful enough that I can see SJP's hairdresser. Her hair is amazing. Everything about it, the color, the volume, the style. Mm. I'm just like, (gasps) and then it's a whole thing. Do you think it's her real hair? Or do you think it's a wig? I do not think it's a wig. Her hairs always look like that. There might be some extensions in there to give a little bit of volume, but hey, mm-hmm. I have a lot of hair. That's I just true. don't have her stylist. Yeah, fair point. Fair point. But I feel like if I like brushed my hair out, it might look more voluminous, like beautiful and like bouncy. I'm very, very, very jealous of her hair. So clearly, SJP hair goals basically is really hundred percent. She kind of brought like I think she was the original balayage model oh. like right because her hair so back in the day I used to buy every single fucking magazine and they would always be like how do I get SJP's hair and it would be like oh it's this thing it's called minking I don't know what that means but I remember <laughs> that and then somebody called it balayage and now everybody does it mm, I just see I don't looks know. beautiful yeah I've always thought of her as like a trendsetter like to this oh. day one of the dresses that like I will like forever will be like my weight loss goal and like ultimate dress that I want to buy is the, the dress that she wore. I think it might've been Dior. It might, I can't remember. Um, it's the newspaper dress. Uh, wait, 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 hold on. Are we talking about the one that actually has like print or Mm -hmm. are we talking about the one? No, sorry. The one thing is a naked dress. Okay. I know, I know which one you're talking about. Yes. Um, and it is, what is it called? What is it called? I'm like now trying to figure out who the designer was. Oh my God. There's just like so much going on. I know, I know, I know exactly which one you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, Apparently Revolve. Oh, it looks like. Yeah, yeah, no, I see that too. It looks like it's by a designer, a sustainable fashion designer, which I love, um, Anna Molinari. Oh, wait. No, sorry, no it's a vintage sorry. John Gilliano drowning. Oh, 
Excellent. Okay. Okay. Yep. So that would be for Dior. Um, so, I mean, I just think it's all, it's all amazing. Yeah. I love her. I think she's amazing. Her hair is incredible. So, you know, that the original stylist for the show, Patricia Field, she's not returning for and just like that. And you know why? Interesting. Why? She is the the stylist for Emily in Paris and she opted to stay on and do Emily in Paris instead of come back to just like that, which I was like, Ooh, huh? I wonder if that means she thought it was going to be a flop. Probably. I don't know how I felt about Carrie wearing two side bags. Like she literally had two purses on. Like I don't even carry one purse. So maybe I'm biased. <laughs> my, um, my phone case is everything. I will say the beginning outfit I really loved on her. It looked like almost like flowy, like the flowy pants mm-hmm. where it's like. Oh, yes, yes, yes. It was like a jumpsuit, I thought. Yes. Oh, my God. The yeah, that was beautiful. just goals. Just goals. Wait till you see what she wears at the funeral. Gorgeous. Bringing us Jackie Kennedy. Okay, I'm excited. I'm going to watch it. I promise. I'm going to watch it like before tomorrow and then we can debrief. Yeah. It's properly. So good. So good. I'm not going to Google it. I'm really tempted to Google it right now, but I'm not going to. You have to keep something sacred for your watching experience. Okay, fine. So there you have it. Thank you so much for joining us again on The Basic in the Brain. Be sure to join us next week for our next spin on intellectualizing our basic bitch interests. Be sure to join us and don't forget to like and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Tweet us at Basic and Brain and follow us at The Basic in the Brain on Instagram. Give us feedback. Tell us what you love, what you don't love. Tell us what topics you'd like for us to cover. And we'll talk to you all later. <laughs>